TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. It is the Score North AL Central Champions Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Rami Makloff and Derek Wetmore on a Tuesday and uh, World Series. Uh, five games in, Derek Wetmore. Last time we talked, it looked like the Nationals uh, had a pretty good handle on this thing, and they do not anymore. No, they don't, and that makes me sad. <laughs> Dude, imagine being a Nats fan, and you're well-to-do. You're extremely wealthy. Sure. And you've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Yeah. See them take a 2-0 lead in Houston, you think, team of destiny. Right. We're going to remember Howie Kendrick's name. They had, they had a little magic around they them, did, didn't they? They did, the little They're dust. The baby shark, do 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 Juan that. Soto looked like a Hall of Famer as right. a 20-year-old. Exactly. He turns 21 and it all hit the skids. That's usually when guys hit that wall, isn't <laughs> that's, it? That's kind of it. <laughs> when they're 21, career. isn't that I, the magic number? That's when I felt like was my <laughs> ceiling, and I've been walking down the backside of the mountain ever since. But, I mean, Howie Kendrick had come up with big hits. Uh, as Drubal Cabrera, like, Ryan Zimmerman yeah. is still a baseball player. Right. So it felt like one of those teams that, yep, Astros more talented, top to bottom, they'll get it done. But... Special things happen in sports, and this was feeling like one of those special and teams. And the Astros had bad juju around them with the whole— Did they ever? With the whole, you know, con- we don't need to get into the whole thing. We talked about it last week on Score North Live, but they had some controversy and some people uh, rooting against them because of said controversy. Yeah, so totally. So you, you felt like the baseball gods were really on the national side, and then, uh, no. And Didn't happen. Put it's not your, over yet. Put yourself in the shoes of, yeah, Strasburg going tonight as we record this. I like Washington's chances, but, you know, still. I'd like to see a game seven. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Would love to see a game seven. Whatever happens, the point that we're bringing this up is because the Nationals face elimination tonight as of this recording, and I'm just pick, putting myself in the shoes of that. Now, it's, it's not really relatable, but ultra-wealthy Washington Nationals fan. Mm-hmm. You've been a... Nats fan since the Expos days, and you just sort of transferred your love, right? You see him go up 2-0 in Houston, and you are like, I do not care what the secondary market holds. I'm paying that price for all three games here in the nation's capital. And uh, the disappointment that you would be feeling right now, it it is honestly, and, and this is to bring it back to Twins a little bit, it was shocking what happened to the Twins, to me. It was shocking what happened to the Twins with the power output against the Yankees. Multiply that times 10 for what's happened to the Washington Nationals. Three runs in three games. Yeah. Yikes. And then multiply it by 100 because it's the World Series. I can relate. I can directly relate being a Cubs fan who waited my whole life to get to a World Series and then find them down 3-1 to the Indians. And Like, I didn't totally – actually, I think I did – Pretty much give up hope, but was putting on a brave face. Interesting. Like Michael Scott in The Office. All sure. I can do now is put on a brave face. Yes. Um, but, and then I went and I went to a taco truck the night of, I don't think I've ever told you this story. No, I want to hear it. I went to a taco truck on my way home from work uh, the night of game five of that series. And they were down three to one. And, of course, they won the game. I went back to that taco truck <laughs> for game six. Sounds to me like and, you had no choice. And game seven yeah. of the World Series. What was your order? You go to a nice nice little street taco <laughs> vendor. What are you getting? Uh, they had a deal. It was like if you got three tacos, it was like a buck fifty a taco. So I would get one chorizo, 
one uh, carne asada and one chicken. I would get one of each with some rice and beans and uh, maybe a little chips and salsa on the side. What was our guacamole situation? I, I I make my own guacamole. Okay, that's I, fine. I, I that's like my own guacamole. Impressive. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I can relate to that feeling of waiting your whole life and waiting a long, long time as an organization and hearing about how long you've waited as an organization your whole life and then finding yourself in a really, really bad spot in what should be the happiest baseball series of your life. Yeah, well, the Twins have been waiting since like 2004, so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but think about that for a second. Like, Twins fans, like, you might think you have it bad sometimes. You might think you have it hard sometimes. But think about some of the Seattle Mariners have never been to a World Series. The Milwaukee Brewers yeah. have never been to a World Series. The Washington Nationals, before this year, even in their Expos days, had never been to a World Series. There are fan bases out there that have been suffering longer and worse than Twins fans are. And plenty of them. Plenty, plenty of them. I don't know if that makes you feel any better. No, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> I was going to let that hang in the air for a little bit there. I'm sure it's no, you know, consolation. I don't know if that's any consolation at all. It's but not. I'm having uh, Growing up cheering for the Timberwolves, it's not. I'm telling you that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cleveland's had it bad? Yeah, well, the greatest player of all time was born in Akron. I mean, Vikings fans, they definitely can't complain. With, no, I've, with, Vikings fans have had it really an, good, an I would empty. say. What? Absolutely. In they have terms an empty of, trophy case. But in terms of yeah, but Rami, it's different. In terms of um and we're getting off baseball a little bit here, but in it's terms fine. of like Maybe I'll just play this back on Score North Live later. Teams that haven't won, won anything. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> so I'm out to lunch. I'll see you guys in two hours. Um, in terms of teams that haven't won anything, like if if you told me, hey, your team's not gonna win anything, I would want it to be exactly the way the Vikings have done it. Thrilling seasons, getting to four Super Bowls, chance to go to another one this year. I don't know. Who's to say? Sure. And it's just, it's better than being like, I mean, the Timberwolves. It's better than being the Timberwolves. I like the Timberwolves more than I like the Vikings. Okay. But I think as a fan base, (laughs) there's no comparison. You think Timberwolves Timberwolves fans are the most suffering fans in, in the Minnesota sports scene? Is that what you're saying? Uh, this might be some something I have to bring up later on Score North Live. Carry the four, <laughs> yes, and it's not close. Okay. I mean, like, Wild fans had a great run in 2004, so you could argue that they are, but they haven't been suffering for as exactly. long. Exactly. And their suffering was when you ripped their hearts out and moved the North Stars to Dallas, Texas. Right, yeah. So that was, like, that was the suffering to end all suffering. This might be something I bring up later on okay. Score North Live. I have Judd Zelgad in with me. He definitely could speak on this. I think he would rank them in the exact same way I would, so I'll, get, I'll give you the list here if you want to take a mental note. Okay. The Wild for just having their franchise ripped away, and, okay. and that's not really the Wild, but right. you know what I mean. Right. Um, Norm is still a curse word. In fact, I'll have to edit that out of the podcast <laughs> later. It's just going to be boo. Yes. Okay. But otherwise, the Timberwolves take the higher seed. All right. So I'd go like Wolves 1. Wild two, and we're ranking them in terms of most most suffering. suffering. Yes, so clearly you have to put the Vikings ahead of the Twins, who have two World Championships. Okay, the Twins are the least suffering fans of those four male major professional sports in the Twin Cities. All right, I'll bring it up to Judd later. 
Lynx fans also have their own suffering to do, and Gophers fans, that's opening up. By the way, if you know me from the Score North Twins show, I also now host Score North Live weekdays, noon to 2 on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app with a rotating cast of co-hosts, including my co-host on the Twins show, Derek Wetmore, is in every Wednesday. Great plug. Thank you, sir. Your your plugging ability doesn't take a day off. It's It rotates shows, <laughs> podcast, radio, streaming on Twitch, doesn't matter. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, did... So my ca- I've I've said before that had the Twins made the World Series, I would have gotten a lot more followers in the uh, put a roof on it movement, and I think that is being proven true today as we sit in winter conditions. That did not happen, but I think the robot umpire takeover movement might have a few more followers, especially in the D.C. area after what transpired in Game 5. Um, for those who didn't see it, seventh inning, um, Garrett Cole on the mound, and Ryan Zimmerman draws a walk on what looked like it caught the upper uh, outside corner of the strike zone, just barely nipped the corner. So Garrett Cole, didn't he lost a call there, right? Next batter, oh, shoot, and I'm drawing, oh, Robles was the next batter. He comes to a full count, and should he walk, the Astros have their bullpen going. And it's two, it's, it would be met on first and second now, one out, and you'd think that they're going to the bullpen, which can totally change the course of a baseball game, Derek Wetmore. And this is my point time and time again when I talk about the robot umpire, which is some people just poo-poo it as, oh, what's the big deal? An umpire missed a strike or missed a ball or whatever the case might be. There are situations like this one that I'm laying out right now where there are massive implications and ripple effects based on an umpire missing a call. So Robles gets to a full count, and there's a pitch high and outside that's two, three inches higher and two, three inches more outside than the one Zimmerman walked on, and the umpire calls it a strike. Yeah, I remember this one. Now that you mention it, we were talking off the microphone, and I said, I I don't really remember it swinging the game. I do remember this because the Astros bench went bananas at the Zimmerman call. Yes. Zimmerman standing on first base, probably rightfully so, but you can argue that borderline call. And the whole plate umpire was Lance Barksdale. And the the Robles one was... If that's if that's if I'm remembering the sequence correctly, AJ Hinch and their whole dugout was basically down the throat of mm-hmm. the home plate umpire, and it looked very much. I've been an umpire. I know what it's like. I did it for years. Not at this high of a level. <laughs> no. At least one level lower than this, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> but it's like it's psychology. Uh, it it felt like a makeup call to me. Because the Astros bench is yelling at the umpire. And it's human psychology. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so then, well, maybe I did miss that call. I don't know. Well, like, let's make sure that we're fair here. So Cole stays in the game. We go to the eighth where twice on similar calls in similar spots, the umpire gives it to the Astros batters, again, benefiting the Astros, keeping a rally of theirs live. They had one more in the eighth, I believe, and two more in the ninth and go on to win the game 7-2. to and one of the players actually in the uh, in the locker room afterwards anonymously told the reporter, "I wasn't for the robot umpires until now." And that's th- kind of cowardly. Uh okay, but he's part of my movement now, so I'm yeah. not I'm not going to come <laughs> down on him too. With exactly, open arms. exactly. And Jessica Mendoza and CC Sabathia went on Get Up and and both <laughs> said that they've come around to to endorsing the robot umpire strike zone. I just I don't see. The logic, and I know it's moving in this direction, Derek, and that's one thing that Rob Manford is getting right, but what he's not getting right is getting it there fast enough. I know they were testing it in the Atlantic League this year, which I'm glad 
we're taking steps towards this, but it's the technology is there. It's I don't think it's that hard to implement. It would get around ninety nine percent of calls right from from what I've read and understand about the various pitching tracking systems that are out there. I just don't. Why should the Nationals look back and 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 wonder? Did we lose a World Series or did we lose that game in the World Series because of four? And by the way, that's the most that any umpire has missed on uh, strike two calls. Four missed calls on strike two in a World Series game. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not good. Um, I don't know that Nationals fans are going to take any solace in it if this becomes like the Lance Barksdale rule. Right? <laughs> um, it's not going to make you feel any better. So I don't know. I don't have a good answer for it. There are going to be screw-ups. We're seeing this in European soccer right now, and I promise I'm more of a baseball fan than a European soccer fan. I just think it's mm. funny that you don't know anything about European yeah. soccer. It's, it's uh, VAR right now. is It's a hugely hotly contested debate, but it's here. It's arrived. It helps them call off sides more correctly. It helps them call like handballs and some fouls in the penalty area more effectively. But it's going to screw some things up. And it's also going to make technically correct calls that a thousand soccer fans, uh, the old drunks in a bar rule, a thousand drunks in a bar, no matter what shirt you're wearing, would say like, yeah, I mean, that's not off sides. That's fine. But like technically his toenail was off sides. Right. He should have trimmed him this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to ruin soccer i think a lot of soccer fans in europe think that it is i'm curious to see the fallout from that i'm curious to know let's say not that the strike zone's going to wait around this long but like three years from now are people who are anti var in soccer are they still very opposed to it i only bring that up to say that the same like unintended consequences are going to happen in baseball and we're down the path of being very thoughtful about these things I think it's probably best for the game if we do just have, yep, that was a strike, universal. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'll i be honest. I haven't spent a lot of time arguing the counter. So I'd like to know, I'd like to hear from smart, informed people who say, yeah, no, you can't. It's just not logistically. It's not going to work. And don't tell me the technology won't work. Um, we'll the just technology move, works. We'll just move past that. Right. And if there are other arguments, I want to hear them. Because it does seem like it's kind of this is the ground swell. You see enough people on Twitter.com now that agree with it. Even people who used to say, Rami, a human element. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't human element Garrett Culver's Victor Robles? The human element when it comes to calling balls and strikes in Major League Baseball is effing up. That's the human element. <laughs> that that that's is factual. That's the extent that's of the human element. Why do we want that from umpires? And I know people will go, well, baseball players make mistakes. That's human element. You want errors eliminated? No, I go to watch baseball players. I don't go to watch umpires. I just want correct calls from umpires. Like, mistakes by players in a game should have an effect on the outcome of that game. The team that makes less mistakes more times than not will win. And they are the competitors on the field who I am paying money and giving my time over to see. I'm not there to see umpires, and I want them having as little effect on the outcome as humanly possible. That's, tell Joe West. That's what I'm looking for. You're not there to see him? No. He would be offended. And that mentality only encourages that mindset that you're talking about. Joe West hears human element and he goes, people are here to see me, baby. Let me put out a country album. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> people hate umpires who think they're part of the show, yet you want to make them part of the show by saying human element.
It's it's stupid. There's no line of reasoning that makes sense when it comes to human umpires calling balls and strikes. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, and nobody will convince me otherwise. I don't know what to tell you. I, have we seen anything more since the initial evidence from the Atlantic League? Because I credit Major League Baseball. Basically bought this league and said, you're our guinea pigs. Let's play with some stuff here. Yep, they're going to try some things out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Have we seen anything from there since the initial, like the the first report? I remember you and I kind of chuckling about it because it was like uh, there were some technical problems, like connecting the Bluetooth or something like that. And we're like, okay. The umpire had a uh, a blue. He had a uh, like an an AirPod. Is sure. that what they're called? I don't know. I don't have them. They make you look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he had an AirPod. Yes, in his ear and. Uh, I mean, everybody's Bluetooth, if you've ever used Bluetooth, just will cut out from time to time for a few seconds. So there's a guy up in the booth who's, you know, looking at the computer as it calls ball or strike, and then he just he says it down to the umpire's behind There's not a program for this? Home plate. I don't know. So a couple times We're he, paying a part-timer now to sit and look at the screen a, a and couple, say, oh, <laughs> <was a> strike. <laughs> he, a couple times his Bluetooth uh, cut out, and mm. so he had to go old-fashioned and call balls and strikes his own, which is the fallback. That's... That's the plan B. If if you do have a technical difficulty, the umpire just goes to calling balls and strikes. So I remember like those being hurdles that hurdles in air quotes that okay, this is easy to overcome. Let's it's good that we're playing around with this because if this is the biggest objection, right. let's keep moving the forward to solve was, that problem. A lot of people a lot of people learn this, including myself, with the, the advent of the robot umpire in the Atlantic League, which is that you know the black of the plate? Okay. Um, so when you're watching on TV and the ball just barely skims that line of the K zone or whatever they call it on whatever network it is that you're watching, um, that's touching the black of the plate. I always thought, I don't know about you, Derek, black of the plate, part of the strike zone. It indeed is not. According to the Major League Baseball rule book and therefore the program that they implemented to call balls and strikes, the black of the plate is not part of the strike zone. It's only the white. That's why Frank Viola got ejected from a game. He thought his guy was getting screwed on calls when the ball was touching the black, and they explained later, no, the black is not part of the strike zone. But there's a real easy fix to that, too. Uh, make the black part of the strike <laughs> Change zone. Change the rules. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's real easy. I just that's fixed exactly it. it. Yes. There we go. Congratulations, Commissioner Rami. <laughs> I'm a problem solver. Here is your bonus check for the <laughs> month you. of October, Thank and you enjoy your six weeks in Cabo. Thank you very much. Like <laughs> if, we've, if we've all thought the black of the plate is part of the strike zone. I did. I really the, did. For the entirety of Major League Baseball, well, then let's just make it that. Well, I won't be a putz here about this, but like they also say the midpoint between the belt and the shoulders, but you hear a hundred different things on broadcasts with your buddies throughout the course of a year. Like, oh, well, kneecaps to armpits and you split the difference or like belly button is the top of the zone. And that's what we need to eliminate. That's right. There will be one strike zone for everybody. And for full clarity, like none of those are right. And also if I wear my belt in a different spot, it shouldn't change my strike zone. And let's be honest. When's the last time they called the high strike correctly? Since I've been a baseball fan, yeah. they have not called that pitch correctly, and it's to the favor of hitters. So that's fine. Like if you're looking for offense and dingers, then great. Don't call this pitch that's right here, Rami, as I'm holding my arm like basically straight out, belly button height, belly button ish. Like yeah. 
if you're going to call that a ball and I can just train my eyes down, down, down as a hitter, like, of course, I'm going to hit bombas. Right. But if you can blow this, if you can blow a fastball right by me here at my chest height, like where my, my shirt pocket and pocket protector would go, um, don't ask questions. <laughs> He actually is wearing a pocket protector. If that's a strike, then the pitcher all of a sudden has another weapon at his disposal. That is the high fastball. That helps Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Tyler Duffy, guys like that that can, Jake Odorizzi, live at the top of the zone. The fact that they've called it incorrectly for at least 20 years and probably more than that is definitely robbing pitchers. And it's it's also just like a tip of the cap that, hey, the rule book doesn't matter. We call our own strike zone. Right. And like I said, when you miss a call for the pitcher or for the batter, it can have a huge ripple effect on a baseball game like we saw in Game 5 of the World Series. Do we have time to do the other thing we talked about doing in we're this at, podcast? <laughs> we're at on about, their production meeting here. We're at about 20 minutes, okay. and we did say we're going to do three episodes a week, so it's right. up to you. We can either do this as bonus content or we can make a Five Thoughts episode. Let's make a Five Thoughts episode. Let's wrap this up. I feel like we did good work here. Because we'll also be on, uh, I will be on later in the week talking about the World Series. That's right. On so Score North Live. Easy to easy to wrap this one up in terms of knowing what happens rather than, you know, griping I, about calls that happened in Game 5. I feel like we did really good work in um, gaining some followers in the Robot Umpire Takeover. And I don't want that to get lost in the mix. This has been your torch. Don't say <laughs> we. I was uh, just I was riding along in the sidecar. The Robin to your Batman. I'll take that. I'll take that. Everybody needs a good sidekick. So uh, if you're not already part of it, join the Robot Umpire Takeover. Hashtag Robot Umpire Takeover on your various social media platforms. You can find me, Rami, is tweeting him, Derek Wetmore, on Twitter and other various social media platforms. And uh, join the movement, people. Join the movement of the Robot Umpire Takeover and of the Score North AL Central Champions Twins Show going strong throughout the offseason on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. For Derek Wetmore, I'm Rami Makloff, and we'll talk to you again soon. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League.
Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.